The talk you are about to hear is by Zen teacher Sensei Amala Wrightson. Master Hakuin's chant and praise is our Zen. From the very beginning all beings are Buddha. Like water and ice, without water no ice, outside us no Buddhas. How near the truth, yet how far we seek. Like one in water crying, I thirst. Like a child of rich birth, wandering poor on this earth, we endlessly circle the six worlds. The cause of our sorrow is ego delusion. From dark path to dark path we wandered in darkness. How can we be free from birth and death? The gateway to freedom is Sazen Samadhi. Beyond exaltation, beyond all our praises, the pure Mahayana. Upholding the precepts, repentance and giving, the countless good deeds and the way of right living all come from Sazen. Thus one true Samadhi extinguishes evils. It purifies karma, dissolving obstructions. Then where are the dark paths to lead us astray? The pure lotus land is not far away. Hearing this truth, heart humble and grateful, to praise and embrace it, to practice its wisdom, brings unending blessings, brings mountains of merit. And when we turn inward and prove our true nature, that true self is no self, our own self is no self, we go beyond ego and pass clever words then the gate to the oneness of cause and effect is thrown open. Not two and not three, straight ahead runs the way. Our form now being no form, and going and returning we never leave home. Our thought now being no thought, our dancing and songs are the voice of the Dharma. How vast is the heaven of boundless samadhi! How bright and transparent the moonlight of wisdom! What is there outside us? What is there we lack? Nirvana is openly shown to our eyes. This earth where we stand is the pure lotus land, and this very body, the body of Buddha. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
This is the fifth day of our winter-spring online session. It's 26th of August 2020. And today we're going to take up a koan. This is number nine in the Mumon Khan. Dai Tzu Chi Shou Buddha. I'll just start off by reading um, the case, the commentary and the verse, and then we'll take a look at these. The case. Once, a monk asked Master Seijo of Koyo, Dai Tzu Chi Shou Buddha, did Zazen on the Bodhi seat for ten kalpas, but could neither manifest the Dharma nor attain Buddhahood. Why was this? Seijo said, Your question is exactly to the point. The monk persisted. Why did he not attain Buddhahood by doing Zazen on the Bodhi seat? Seijo replied, Because he didn't attain Buddhahood. Commentary. I approve the old barbarian's realization, but I don't approve his understanding. If an ordinary man realizes, he is a sage. If a sage understands, he is an ordinary man. In the verse. Rather than giving the body relief, give relief to the mind. When the mind is at peace, the body is not distressed. If body and mind are both set free, why would a holy hermit seek to become a lord? Master Seijo of Koyo, um, we know very little about him. Um, Chinese name is uh, Qingrang and he his place was on a mount Xingyang so that's um, the Koyo in the, in the Sino-Japanese we don't have any dates for him but it can be worked out from his lineage that he was roughly a contemporary of Umon um, great Yun men in Chinese, so that's the 10th century. He was a great grandson in the Dharma of a young Shan, Kyozan in Japanese, who was one of the two founders of the Gui Yang or Igyo school. Now, just turning to our case, again, I'll read it. Once a monk asked Master Seijo of Koyo, Daizo Chisho Buddha, did Zazen on the Bodhi seat for ten, ten, for ten kalpas, but could neither manifest the Dharma nor attain Buddhahood. Why was this? Seijo said, Your question is exactly to the point. The monk persisted. Why did he not attain Buddhahood by doing Zazen on the Bodhi seat? Seijo replied, Because he didn't attain Buddhahood. Um, just a little bit about this Dai Tzu Chi Shou Buddha. Um, this name, uh, we can break it down into pieces. Dai is great. Uh, tzu is 
penetration or, or, or thorough through and through. Chi is wisdom and shou is, is superb or supreme. So great, thorough wisdom, supreme wisdom. Just a little bit more about this name. Um, this is from um, a book on the Mumon Khan by uh, Guo Gu, who is a, um, a lay disciple of, of Master Sheng Yin. And th- this is what he says about this Dai Tzu Chi Shou Buddha. The true significance of the Buddha of great penetrating and supreme wisdom is none other than that of being you. In Chinese, great penetrating is, is Da Tung, which is our Dai Tzu. Tung means thorough, through and through. Da means great. The next two words are supreme wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is emptiness. What is emptiness? Relationships. So you are made up of non-you. You are related to everything else, everyone else. In Chan, when a person gains insight into wisdom, which is insight into the nature of emptiness, it is at the same time the realization of compassion. Wisdom and compassion are not two wings of the bird. This is a, sometimes a way that they're described. They are actually the same thing. Wisdom is interconnectedness. Emptiness is relationships. When you become relationships, you become everything else. Amid relationship, nowhere is attachment or self-referentiality. This is the meaning of supreme wisdom. Gaining, losing, wanting, rejecting, they're all based on self-referentiality and attachment. You mustn't lose sight of who you actually are. What is wisdom? Wisdom is emptiness. What is emptiness? Relationships. Thich Nhat Hanh famously um, would say we are completely, we consist completely of non-self element. This this division that we make between ourselves and what is not us is uh, completely false. You can just keep this in mind as we um, look more into this Buddha, this great Buddha, Dai Tzu Chi Shou. Daisu Chisho Buddha um, sat for, for uh, ten kalpas, it says on the Bodhi seat. A kalpa is an unimaginably long period of time, uh, an eon. Different, there are kalpas of different lengths, but a minor kalpa is said to be the time it takes to empty a 
a huge container of poppy seeds that's one mile by one mile by one mile. So it's this enormous, massive box filled with poppy seeds, and somebody comes and removes one seed every three years until it's empty, and that's that's a minor kalpa. And the sutras are full of these these kind of mind-boggling images to to uh, really in, to boggle us, to to blow our minds, and get us out of out of our normal ideas about time. And this this Daisu Chisho Buddha um, is uh, written about in one of the chapters of the Lotus Sutra. And it's it's um, it's it's we don't need to go into all the details, but there it is said that this great Buddha did not supreme attain supreme Buddhahood, though he sat in the lotus posture, uh, his body and mind still poised for ten kalpas. The bodhi seat is um, uh, in Sanskrit bodhi manda. And it's the place um, under the Bodhi tree where Shakyamuni Buddha sat in Zazen. So it's the place of enlightenment. The the uh, equivalent word in, in Japanese, as uh, Aiken Roshi points out, is uh, dojo. Our um, online set team has... Um, meant effectively that we have all turned our um, spare rooms and bedrooms and living rooms into our dojo, a place of enlightenment. We, we bow as we come into a zendo for, for that reason, that because that's this, the zendo is um, our dojo, our, our Training hall, the place of alignment, and so we, every time we come in, we acknowledge that, and every time we leave. So, so from from now on, you will all have to uh, bow every time you go into your bedroom or your spare room or wherever you're sitting, acknowledging the the sacredness of our our endeavour to awaken. So you can just um, you can get um, get into the story now, the scene of this master Seijo Okoyo having a student come before him, and the student has been stu- doing some study, and and he reads in the the Lotus Sutra about this this Daisu Chisho Buddha sitting for ten kalpas, and not attaining Buddhahood. And this, this, this student has himself been, been sitting earnestly. We don't know how long, whether for months or years or decades, but he's shocked when he reads this. Surely, surely the whole point is that we do Zazen in order to become enlightened. 
That's what it's all about, isn't it? And maybe he's in a place, he's, he's feeling stuck himself. He, he could, maybe he feels like he's been sitting for years and nothing has happened. There's nothing to show for it. And I think most, if not all of us, have felt this at times and um, perhaps gone to Doksan to express it. I know when I first um, heard this koan, I, I could really identify with that monk. Why aren't I getting anywhere? I'm trying, I'm making an effort, I'm going to Sheen when I can, I'm, I'm sitting every day. It's, it's almost inevitable that we will come up against this and also that we'll come up against feeling stuck sooner or later they're, they're, say almost because, because um, if we have great faith then this won't um, grab us quite so much but most of us Probably it's fair to say that most of us have um, more doubt than we do faith, and so we get we can we can we get stuck and then we can stay stuck for quite some time. But if we just unpack stuckness a little bit for a moment. Stuckness, implicit in it, is that there's a here where we are now, and and an over there where we're not, and that we want to go from where we are now to to that that over there place, and we can get so focused on this of trying to get from here to over there that we can lose sight of what's at the centre of this little little drama or um, painful predicament that we find ourselves in. What is it that we lose sight of? Well, it's to be here and over there there needs to be an eye around which all this constellates. An eye that wants to get from here to over there. This is the this is where this this student is coming from who, when he comes to see the master. If we review what he says, Dai Tu Chi Buddha did Zazen on the body seat for ten kalpas, but could neither manifest the Dharma nor attain Buddhahood. Why was this? And then, then he also repeats his question, why did he not attain Buddhahood by doing Zazen on the body seat? 
you see there's a refrain in both these, these um, statements that he makes. Attainment. Why did not he, did he not attain Buddhahood? Why? Why? Surely, if you, you meditate sincerely, then awakening ensues. So when, when he's asked this question, Major, Master Sejo's first response um, is, your question is exactly to the point. It's a little bit saying, like saying, oh, that's a very good question. So you could say it's a way of, of um, avoiding answering. But it's, it's more than that. His refusal to answer is his answer. He, he hits the ball back into the, into the student's court. He's really, and he's inviting this, this monk to look at his question, to examine it. But unfortunately, this monk doesn't get it. So he, he asks again, why did he not attain Buddhahood by doing Zazen on the Bodhi seat? And we can, we can imagine that he could be pretty distressed in his fixation. The Master's second response is, is more blunt. He just says, because he didn't attain Buddhahood. Robert Aiken comments on this. The monk was engaged in examining the process rather than writing the process itself. He was engaged in examining the process rather than writing the process itself. The, the difference between these two uh, comes out a little bit in the uh, commentary, which we'll look at in a moment. The case here um, doesn't tell us what the monk's response to this uh, second statement by Sejo was. Um, many, many, many koans um, finish with, with uh, one of the protagonists having an insight, um, but it seems pretty unlikely that that was the case in this in this instance and uh, most exchanges most Dharma exchanges don't pr prompt an awakening but they they don't get recorded so much as the ones that do So we can, we can imagine that this, this monk may have had to continue to struggle with this um, painful question. 
now to the to the commentary. And this is Mumon, the compiler of the, the Mumon Khan, uh, speaking here. It's the case for um, all the, the commentaries and verses in the Mumon Khan. I approve the old barbarian's realization, but I don't approve his understanding. If an ordinary man realizes, he is a sage. If a sage understands, he is an ordinary man. Or we could, we could update this and say, if an ordinary person realizes, they are a sage. If, if a sage understands, they are an ordinary person. First of all, old barbarian. A barbarian um, is, a, is a Chinese term for foreigner. So um, the old foreigner, who could that be? Um, could be talking about the Buddha or Bodhidharma or just using this term to talk about um, to sort of refer to the great masters of the past in a sense what he's implying what Mumon's implying here is that um, no nobody not even the great martyrs not, not even Bodhidharma or the Buddha could understand Daiso Chisho Buddha. Understanding in the sense that we, it's, we could um, that interpret that word understanding as meaning knowledge. Nobody could know Daiso Chisho Buddha. Conceptually, because conceptual knowledge is always is always limiting, and it's 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 dualistic. So, in in our concepts about things, we can think in terms of attainment and non-attainment, or enlightenment and delusion, or of, of a self that that has or has not something, or or which is here and wants to get over to there. But Mohan says, I approve the old barbarian's realization. Realization is altogether different. To realize something is to Experience it directly in a non-conceptual way. essentially is to become what we already are. We could hardly become something other than what we are. 
There's a, there's a story by um, Rumi, told by Rumi, um, which um, can illustrates kind of the experiential difference, you could say, between between uh, conceptual knowledge and um, experiential understanding or uh, what you could say realization the word use the one uses and it's also this 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 story is also um, a wonderful way of illustrating um, how we need to work with a koan kind of shift that is necessary. Once upon a time there was a school teacher who was so utterly destitute that he had only a cotton shirt to wear even on cold winter days. He was standing by a rushing mountain stream when he suddenly saw a bear skin in the water. Actually, it wasn't just a bear skin, it was a bear. The animal had fallen into the gushing waters high up in the mountains and was now being carried down to the village by the torrential waters. The school children, pitying their teacher, told him to jump into the water and seize the fine fur coat that had apparently arrived there as a much-appreciated gift. Out of despair, he jumped into the water, but the bear, still very much alive, grasped him and drew him close to his body. When the horrified children saw this, they shouted to the teacher to let go of the fur coat, but he answered, I'll let the fur coat go, but the fur coat does not let me go. Some people, when they when they um, uh, ponder taking up a koan there can be this fear of, of where it might take us, what it might demand of us. And even after having taken it up, again and again and again, we may pull back from allowing ourselves to be really gripped by it. Because that is, that is uh, to relinquish control over our so, you know, over our destinies, you could say, in some sense. So there can be this strong aversion to, to really letting ourselves go into the question. But, in fact, it's essential to, to the process that we allow ourselves to be embraced 
by this this um, these que- this question that we have, so that it can can ferment, you could say, to, to, to mix metaphors, um, and and it really become this great doubt, this, this sense of wonder that we can be gripped by. In the story, the teacher goes from being a bystander to um, a full participant, even if against his will. I let the fur coat go, but the fur coat does not let me go. Daitsu Chisho Buddha uh, is said to have sat for ten kalpas in deep absorption. When we when we engage wholeheartedly with the practice, then time and space drop away. Here and over there have no meaning. Concepts like unenlightened and enlightened, sentient being and and Buddha equally. Just superfluous, not needed. And not just on the mat, as we today, we're going to be just finishing our online session and and taking up our lives, full lives once again and to to just throw ourselves into them not try and hold on to the greater concentration that we've arrived at in Sishin but just give ourselves fully to what needs to be done to the people that we live with. As, as Guo Gu said, what is wisdom? Wisdom is emptiness. What is emptiness? Relationships. We are each of us entirely made out of what we think of as being not us. We're intimately related to everything else in the universe. We are that relationship. I approve the old man's realization, old barbarian's realization, but I don't approve his understanding. If an ordinary man realizes he is a sage, if a sage understands he is an ordinary man.
in the verse, rather than giving the body relief, give relief to the mind. When the mind is at peace, the body is not distressed. If body and mind are both set free, why would a holy hermit seek to become a lord? Here we can we can read uh, body as being uh, shorthand for um, our small self, the 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 body that we identify as as ourselves, this this bag of skin. Um, but we can also just take it literally as meaning the body. We think of how much effort and energy people put into trying to preserve the, their bodies. Um, it's it's quite a fashion among um, the ultra wealthy in Silicon Valley to put um, money into research for, uh, for longevity. Elon Musk and others uh, have put many millions into this this research. But the more attached we become to the body, the more ill at ease we will be. Because this, this body is perishable. One of, the, one of the five skandhas, shifting and changing constantly. And, and perishable. The, the, the um, Tibetans call the five skandhas the, the perishing collection. These things we so strongly identify with, the body, of course, but also our, our thoughts and opinions and so forth. We cling to them and yet they're, they're a moving target constantly. Rather than giving the, giving the body relief, give relief to the mind. And if we do, if we do give some relief to the mind, if we see into into emptiness, into interconnectedness, then the body too will be more at peace. When the mind is at peace, the body is not distressed. If body and mind are both set free, why would a holy hermit seek to become a lord? In real liberation, why would one who has nothing, and of course that means everything, seek to become somebody else, a lord? Buddhists don't have any ambition to be anything or attain anything. Nothing outside them to uh, grasp at. To just be ordinary. Because ultimately there isn't anything to attain. We chant in the Heart Sutra Attainment to is emptiness. Attainment melts away 
along with our sense of self. Whereas, um, Master Hakwan says, our thought now being no thought, our dancing and songs are the voice of the Dharma. No sticking anywhere. No being a bystander. Just engaging completely with what, what is, what arises. Did Daitsu Chisho Buddha not attain Buddha but Buddhahood by doing the Zazen on the Bodhi seat? We'll stop here and recite the four vows. All beings without number. I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain all beings without number. I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain all beings without number. I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain.
The teaching you have received is offered freely. If you would like to make a donation to support the continuation of this podcast service or learn more about practice opportunities at the Auckland Zen Centre, please visit www.aucklandzen.org.nz.